This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. I hope you've been with us during the course of this week because we're speaking about a subject that's not generally spoken of, but yet we believe in the full gospel. And I think, Junie, we started this week by reading a quote from the book of Job, Job chapter 2, verse 10, where Job was speaking to his wife and said these words, Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? So sometimes we have to go through adverse times, but we're not talking about that specifically. We're talking about afflictions, which seem adverse at the moment. But as we're talking this week, Junie, I hope our listeners are really beginning to see that afflictions are redemptive when it comes from the hands of the Lord. And we see that even Jesus had to go through afflictions. In Isaiah 53, 4, we read, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken of God and afflicted. Three, verse later, three verses later in verse 7 in Isaiah 53, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. And I think we also spoke about uh, the Jewish people, the people of Israel in Egypt, Junie, And I want to go back to that, Exodus 1, beginning at verse 9, where it says, And he said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And in the event of war, they also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor. Verse 12, But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. So immediately we see there's something redemptive in the issue of affliction. And if we follow this through to chapter 3, beginning at verse 7, we read these words, Exodus 3, 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So we see that the affliction journey was actually the cause that God heard their cry and ultimately the end result, and that's what we have to look at with through afflictions, was glory because God set them free from the bondage that they lived with in Israel for over 400 years. And again, Shelley, we talked about this, but we need to see that Israel was called as a nation to show the glory of God, yes. to show that God exists, exists. And we as the church today, those who are born again and have the Lord living in their heart, we are supposed to demonstrate 
the glory of God to the world. So it's through the afflictions that God teaches us, but we also demonstrate his glory and his wisdom. We saw in Psalm 119 in verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep thy word. And in Psalm 119.71, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn thy statutes. So there, again, Shelley, what you were talking about, redemption, there's something redemptive because it was in David's affliction that he learned God's statutes. And he saw that before he went astray, he didn't think that much of the Lord, but now I keep thy word. So in going astray, we don't, um, how could I say, encourage people to go astray, but when we go astray and we're afflicted, then God does something in our life that is redemptive. I believe uh, we said this yesterday, Junie, but what you're saying is this, that when we're at ease, when everything is going our way, when things aren't as stressful, if I could put it that way, we tend to compromise, we let down our God, but affliction gets our attention and it puts our eyes and our heart back on the Lord. So again, uh, afflictions are not necessarily pleasurable, but they are for our profit. And that's what we have to see. The end of the matter is better than the beginning. And they're a necessary ingredient in our lives that we can come back and run back to the word of God that will keep us from going astray. And that is what is needed desperately. So let us begin with something new to get today, okay, Shelley? Sure. Look at Psalm 119.75 with us if you have your Bible. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are righteous, and that in faithfulness thou hast afflicted me. Can we say, as David did, I know that God's judgments are right, wise, and fair? Junie, we got to digest that verse, because we all talk about God's judgments, and we know that they're right. But what happens when we're afflicted, which is a form, you might say, of God's judgments? Do we know at that moment that what God is doing, the kind of affliction he's putting us through, that it was done in faithfulness because God is so much interested in our well-being and us being shaped and formed and molded into the image of his son? Boy, that would be a dramatic change for all of us. You know, Shelley, I have had a hip problem for several years now and as you were sharing about this I thought of the Apostle Paul how God sent the um, the affliction upon him some people think it was an eye uh, problem but it was to humble him it was to keep him in memory of the Lord and that he would, um, how could I say, not think too highly of himself. And I know that there are so many times I feel embarrassed by the way I walk, and it's a humbling thing. I pray that the Lord will heal me, and I believe that he's even encouraged us that he will. But sometimes God allows an affliction to take over or um, affect his servants, but it's always to form the character of God. And I know that um, every time I take a step, Shelley, I'm aware 
that it's by his grace and his power that I can do all things through the Messiah, through Christ who strengthens me. Well, let's go on, Junie. There's a powerful verse in the book of Hebrews, and I believe this shows clearly that if we know how to view afflictions and if we view them properly, we're going to have fruit come forth out of our lives. So if you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, and we'd like to read verse 11. Hebrews 12, verse 11. I'm reading from the New American Standard. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet, to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Now, I know we're familiar with the fruits of the Spirit, but here we're talking about the fruits of righteousness. And here's the the essence of this verse, as far as I see it, Jimmy, that discipline, which we can look at as a form of affliction, So we could say all affliction or all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. And that's that's reality. It doesn't make us jump for joy when we receive affliction or discipline. It is a sorrowful time. However, when we have been trained because of afflictions or we are trained through the discipline that God puts on our life, it will yield afterward the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So again, we see a a significant purpose for afflictions in our lives. It will bring us to a place of righteousness. And it's tied in with what you said before, Junie, that we can go astray easily. And one of the uh, methods, well, it's not a methodology, one of the ways that God could bring us back to him is through afflictions. As you said in Psalm 119, verse 71, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn thy statutes, that I may learn your word. So we need to see that we need to embrace uh, afflictions as a way that God is shaping and molding us that we might walk in a very righteous manner before him and before others. And you know, Shelley, you read at the beginning of this program from Isaiah 53, that uh, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And there are times that affliction might come our way because we're living in the earth. Jesus said that in this world, we will have tribulation, but to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. So the way Jesus went through affliction in the earth was for us, really. Uh, He tried to uh, lead a pathway for us because he came to redeem us. And so as believers, um, I think the caution would be not to be um, disappointed or upset with, with the Lord and say, I don't understand this, Lord. I served you. I did everything that I thought I could do. And why did you let this happen to me? And uh, I think we need to remember in affliction that Jesus warned us and encouraged us and instructed us that in this world we will have tribulation, but to be of good cheer that he has overcome the world. So the end of the matter can be redemptive 
and we can bear witness as his servants to no matter what happens, we will still love the Lord, abide in him, walk in him, and um, show others a pathway that we can be different in the affliction than, um, than the world. Amen. It makes me think of a verse, so I think we spoke of it on Tuesday, Junie, when Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica. He was going through a hard time. Remember, Paul wrote so many letters when he was in prison. You talk about affliction. He made use of the time when he was afflicted. But in 1 Thessalonians 3.3, it says, So that no man may be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. In other words, we love the joy, the peace, the holiness, the love, the compassion of God. We love how God has saved us. But can we embrace affliction because something tells me that something more could be accomplished during that time of affliction that we've ever given opportunity for the Lord to do in our lives. So it's a key ingredient. And Junie, I think we preface everything by saying we are living in dangerous times. When you look at what's going on in the world now, it's unbelievable. We have to be prepared. So Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank Thank you you, that you are a God who lovingly and in faithfulness afflicts us that we might cling to you, cling to your word, which will enable us not to stray from your word. And we can, my God, show your faithfulness through being afflicted. We thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.